listening to the Casting for Fun podcast, the show that talks about entertainment, sports, music, and inspirational stories for all to enjoy. We're glad you could join us today. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Now, here is your host, Albert Pineda. Welcome, everybody, to the Casting for Fun podcast. I am your host, Albert Pineda. And for this week's episode, I have a really, really cool episode planned. Uh, I'm finally going to get to chat Cobra Kai. Uh, I've loved the show since it, ever since it was initially launched on YouTube Red, which was an, uh, YouTube's initial uh, streaming service. Uh, it eventually obviously got purchased by Netflix, and it's been on Netflix from season three on. Season five just aired on Netflix uh, a few weeks ago, and I got a chance to binge watch it twice. I mean, I loved it that much that I wanted to watch it twice. It's definitely my favorite streaming show available now. And if you're not checking it out, you absolutely should be. I think it's one of the best, probably maybe the best uh, legacy sequel uh, that's currently available for uh, entertainment consumption right now. So I get to chat with a really cool dude, uh, Nathan Wolf, to talk about the show. He's a huge 80s aficionado. He loves everything 80s. So obviously he loves the Karate Kid trilogy and he loves the Cobra Kai show. So we got to chat about that. And I had a great time talking with him. He's a really cool, awesome guy. And I definitely would love to have Nathan on the show for uh, future episodes because we have quite a bit in common. Uh, so he definitely fits in very well to the Casting for Fun okay. podcast. And now I actually want to introduce a very special guest, my wonderful, amazing daughter, Avery. Avery, say hi. Hi. Okay. What line did you want to say for the uh, the, uh, the listeners? Awesome. Say it one more time louder. One more time louder. Yes, thank you. <laughs> so this is the Cobra Kai Never Dies uh, episode of the Casting for Fun podcast with Nathan Wolf. Thanks, everybody. Joining me now on the Casting for Fun podcast is a really cool, awesome dude, uh, Nathan Wolf. Nathan, how are you tonight? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing well, very great, too. Great, great. It's uh, great to have you on the show. And like we were just discussing off, off uh, the recording that uh, we've essentially become friends over the internet because we met yeah. just previously once before, but we have so much in common. So if you're down, I definitely would love to have you on for additional conversations of topics. I think it'd be definitely. really cool. Uh, yeah. Well, hopefully this goes all right tonight, but uh, I think it will. So yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. <laughs> so uh, cool, man. I'm always excited to hear that other people love the Cobra Kai show. I mean, I've, I've enjoyed it so much. It's been so great for me. And then I, I know just getting to know you over the Internet, I know you're a huge fan of uh, 80s, 80s movies, stuff like that. Like, in fact, yes, your yes. email is Tron. So there you go. <laughs> yes. Uh, after after the movie. Thank, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was obsessed with the movie Tron in high school. So that, that shows you how popular it was in high school. So yeah. <laughs> Oh, very cool, man. Well, you're definitely here in the right place for the Casting for Fun podcast, because uh, along with sports, which I know isn't necessarily one of your favorite topics, we talk about geek stuff all the time. So, Correct. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'll watch sports, but I, I, yeah, I just don't really care for them. But I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's funny that, you know, uh, kind of video games and pop culture and sports has, you know, has always been this, like, very opposite sides. But I always thought they were like, you're all, you're geeking about stats or player knowledge and it's it's all the same thing to me i mean it's just you know one was uh more accepted you know 10 20 years ago but now it's all kind of uh mixed in so oh absolutely i know like i mean just really quickly they talk about how popular fantasy football is and i, I play fantasy football it's pretty okay. fun yeah. but it's essentially it's a uh, dungeons and dragons for jocks because like you said you do a lot of the stats like with the the the, the points that players are scoring, it's almost like the, the exact same thing of like, you know, hit points for characters. And, it and don't you draft 
play. Yeah. Like you, yeah. See, I, I play Magic the Gathering and I do a Magic Draft where, you know, you pick a card and pass it to your left and you make a deck out of it. And it sounds very similar where you just pick players, you know, pass one on and then you build a, a team. So, uh, yeah, they're ba- basically the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, very cool. So, so going back to, to 80s movies, I mean, yes, that was the heyday for the Karate Kid trilogy. So all three were released uh, from 84 to 86 to 89. <laughs> Uh, I'm old enough that I got to see part three in theaters uh, when I was only nine years old, which was really, really cool. So I wanted to ask you of your experience watching the the Karate Kid trilogy for the first time and uh, what resonated with you, maybe with the the story of Daniel LaRusso. Okay, I have. um, So I grew up watching the first one a lot and the second one a good amount. But uh, I have a confession to make. I didn't see part three until college. I know it's kind of it's kind of late, and I don't know why. Like my brother, you know, I have three older brothers, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, we just never watched the third one growing up. But I, it was midnight one night in college, and I couldn't sleep. And I think it was on Netflix. I'm like, I'm gonna watch part three, and I loved it. And I put, I made a top ten villain list, movie villain list uh, in college, and Terry Silver was on there because I just thought he was a great movie villain. Um, but going back, I just always loved uh, the Karate Kid. Uh, I know now it's become, you know, it's kind of like a meme or joke that Daniel was was a real enemy in in the movies. But I never, even looking at that, I'm like, he did deserve some of this stuff. But I mean, Johnny, like, you know, like him and his friends like drove him off a cliff on his bike. You know, like yeah. <laughs> that's like, I'm like, I don't care what Daniel did. I don't think he deserved to like almost be killed. But yeah, really. <laughs> Uh, but no, I always loved the Karate Kid. I just, uh, you know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, the same director did Rocky, and I, but I thought Karate Kid was just more for, you know, younger kids and more, you know, kind of uh, more relatable type of thing. So, because I mean, everyone, I mean, if you're lucky, you didn't get picked on, but a lot, you know, a lot of people deal with bullying and getting picked on and things like that. And uh, it's just kind of cool to see some scrawny kid uh, kind of build up his confidence and you know learn from uh mr miyagi who's one of the greatest uh movie characters ever and um i just i grew up loving it and still watch the first one every other you know seems like every year every other year i I rewatch it so Oh, absolutely. Totally agree with you, man. In fact, uh, it's, it's interesting you bring up Mr. Miyagi. I mean, with, it's really cool that you go back, you can go back and rewatch, especially the first one uh, mm-hmm. with the teachings that he's giving Daniel. It's like on par with like all the stuff that like Yoda is teaching, uh, oh, yeah. uh, uh, teaching Luke in Empire Strikes Back. So I, I would actually put them on on the same level, uh, Yoda and uh, Miyagi, as far as like mentorship. Yeah. But, uh, uh, very cool. I definitely agree. So. <laughs> and uh, we'll come back to Terry Silverick. I definitely want to talk about that. I agree yes. with you. He's definitely one of the most compelling uh, villains in all of cinema. Uh, so we see like in this recent era, like uh, legacy sequels, I guess, as if you want to call them that, have become really popular. So you've gotten like, you know, uh, Creed, uh, the movie Creed. So Apollo Creed's son played by Michael C. Jordan being trained mm-hmm. by an older uh, Sylvester Stallone as Rocky. Uh, Bill and Ted face the music. And then uh, just recently Top Gun Maverick. Obviously, Cobra Kai falls into that category as well, taking place 30 years after Daniel and Johnny had their initial karate match. Mm-hmm. So uh, do you like the idea of legacy sequels? I mean, and if you do, is there any that you'd like to see now? Maybe something that Ooh. could be revisited uh, with the original cast, if you can get as many of them back 
as possible. Like uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife is another great example. Yes. Um, and also one I think you can add to that is The Force Awakens. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so I how I, do I like them? I, I think if they're done well, um, I mean, and that's, you know, that's kind of like a obvious answer. Like, oh, if a movie's done well, you know, you, you'll like it. But I think a lot of times, you know, maybe they do a kind of cash grab or, you know, like, let's just use this movie title and, you know, like kind of just, uh, you know, shove some of the old actors at the audience and people will pay to see it. But I think um, with this, I think the creators really loved Karate Kid and they were, I think you could have someone who respects the original material um, and maybe has like a good knowledge of it. Um, But uh, so I think for the most part, I like them. I'm trying to think of any that are, I can't really think of any that are, that I didn't like. I like Maverick. Uh, Actually, I don't care for the original Top Gun very much. I think it's a little overrated uh, personally, but I thought Maverick was an excellent movie. I thought it was just a really well done movie mm-hmm. with the original cast. Um, the, uh, so I have a, I mean, it's a bit of a deep cut, but I mean, in the cult classic uh, circles, it's not. But I think Monster Squad would be a good one. I don't know if you ever watched that growing up. I haven't seen it, but I, I I've seen posts about it. Is that the one where like uh, they, they kick the Wolfman and the Nards and the Wolfman yeah, and the Nards? Like, I've heard that's yeah. kind of funny. <laughs> so I I used to rent that movie all the time growing up, and okay. it's it's hard to recommend. I really love the movie, but it's hard to recommend because it's a very unbalanced movie. It's got like it's very dark, but then it's also trying to be like a kids family movie, but it's like. So, you know, just the tone is kind of up and down. And I think if they kind of redid that, but with original cast and um, it was written by uh, uh, Shane Black, who directed Iron Man 3. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, nice Guys, uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, I think he directed that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, and he was in the original Predators movie uh, as well. He's an actor in that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'd like to see Monster Squad because I just like the r- classic monsters. Um you know, kind of redesigned, but I think they can kind of improve on the original movie. And but I don't know if uh, it's a big enough name, you know, to, to have a studio behind it, you know, put money in it. But that's one I'd like to see. Yeah, that, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, and it could be uh, revitalized. I mean, maybe new new fans who hadn't seen the original will see this mm-hmm. one if they do it. You never know. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have one in mind that you... uh would have, would like um, yo, that's a good question. I should have thought one. I mean, because most of the ones that I wanted to see have been done. I mean, Cobra, okay. Cobra Kai was definitely the one I would have picked to, beforehand. Um, trying to think. Um, you know, I, I, t- I tell this to people all the time that I, my personal favorite comedy of all time is Three Amigos. Okay. And yeah, uh, yeah so I just love Steve Martin. I love Martin Short. I love Chevy Chase. And then, um, and there's a Hulu show that my wife and I have been uh, checking out called Only Murders in the Building. Oh, so yeah. There's uh, Steve think, Martin. Good things about Chubby, and I'm sorry, Martin Short and Steve Martin. It's just missing Chevy Chase from being a mm-hmm. full on like Three Amigos reunion. If they were to do something like that, where they could, you know, just go maybe, I guess, like 40 or 50 years past when Three Amigos initially took place. So that would put them in the 50s, I guess. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I could be just wishful thinking on my part, but I just absolutely love that comedy. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, it has one of the has one of my favorite lines in a movie is uh, when Chevy Chase asks, "Do you have anything besides Mexican food?" <laughs> <laughs> oh 
Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> it's very simple and to the point, but it's just his delivery and uh, you know just how oblivious they are in that in that movie is just it just cracks me up every time. So oh yeah, absolutely, man, absolutely. So so here we are, Cobra Kai. I mean, it was, I was when as soon as I heard the news, I was really really excited. Just the whole concept that they were going to re, uh, revisit it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I do. I watched the original trilogy all the time. Absolutely loved it. Loved the underdog story for Daniel Larusso. And then when I heard that it was going to kind of focus a little bit more on Johnny, I thought that was really intriguing too. So what I wanted to ask you is, uh, okay, we're also going to jump into massive, massive spoilers for season five and basically okay. anything that's happened in Cobra Kai to this point for the, ris- the listeners. So they're aware of that. Uh, were there any particular uh, storylines or uh, aspects of the show that you were particularly interested in seeing uh, before we got to season five. So like say or instances where they brought back a certain character or a plot line you wanted to see re- re- revisited with the Cobra Kai show. Hmm. Um, you know, before then when it, before the first season, is that what you're talking oh, about? Oh, oh, I mean, I mean, kind of, I guess maybe from, from the past four seasons that we got oh, okay. before we get into season five. Um, so I think I, I, I loved how season five might be my favorite Season two, I felt, was the roughest because it was just like a lot of low points for for the characters. And I just, you know, it's like you just want everyone to get along and, you know, like stop fighting each other. And, you know, it's like I know they'd all be friends if they just, you know, sat down and talk to each other, you know, and work things out uh, or, you know, hash things out as Johnny did uh, with, uh, you know, Miguel and Robbie in the season. But um, I was really looking for... uh, I guess I was looking forward to kind of where Tori was going to go with her character in this season. Cause you know, at the end of season four, she had the conflict of finding out that she, you know, didn't technically um, win her championship. And so, and I really loved her story arc a lot in this season. Uh, I think I thought she was one of the, you know, uh, as most paid off uh, and growth for a character in, in this season. So uh, yeah, I was really looking for something with her, and I, um, you know, more spoilers. I didn't know that they'd bring back more characters from uh, Karate Kid Part Three. I that was that was a surprise to me. Um, you know, it's just like something I didn't think about. I, I should have. It seems obvious now, but I didn't think of it at the time. But oh, absolutely, yeah, totally agree. I, I agree with uh, Tori's story arc. In fact, I, looking back to season two, I found it really like detestable it's like oh i can't stand tori she's horrible yes. but as the seasons progress especially like you know uh in season four where we learn more about her home life and then mm-hmm. where amanda larusso is actually like you know taking pity on her trying to like you know help her with her situation i think she becomes a more relatable and likable character and in season five her arc i think is really impressive really good but uh yeah so so uh, from season two you know the episode i really enjoy and i think i agree with you even though i love the show season two maybe like my least favorite of the the five seasons but the the episode when johnny gets reunited with the other cobra kais and yes. gets where they are in life it's really cool in fact uh i, I don't have his name in my notes but the guy who, the actor that passed away yeah who yeah. passed away in real life I'm, I'm glad that they were able to get him on even if it's just for that one episode and uh-huh. I mean, obviously he looked really poor in health in that episode so I'm grateful they're even able to do that, but to see their dynamic and where they are in life and, uh, you know, them trying to warn Johnny about crease, like, you know, crease is bad news. You should really shouldn't be having him back in your yeah. life. It was, it was really cool to see that. Uh, it was kind of interesting to note that Chad McQueen who played Dutch, he was the only Cobra Kai missing. He was actually the son of, uh, 
Hollywood legend Steve McQueen. I didn't know that before. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that that Cobra Kai, I mean the the reuniting of the Cobra Kai's was really cool from season two. That was definitely one. Of yeah, uh, yeah, that was that was a good uh, kind of story arc for Johnny and him, and just uh, kind of getting to see other other points of view of Crease instead of like him fighting with himself. Of you know, is you know what's Crease's uh, you know ultimate goal? You know him trying to separate because i'm sure he has a lot of feelings towards crease or at least did mm-hmm. you know as far as a mentor and so it's it was good to have others around him that kind of you know point in, in the right direction so oh absolutely absolutely so let, let's jump into some uh season five talk uh going back to terry silver so i totally agree with you i think he's an excellent amazing villain uh thomas e and griffin uh my understanding was he's one of the few cast members who actually had a ba- uh, background in martial arts i think he had a black belt on taekwondo oh really so, so you can see like you know with his kicks and like you know his his movements uh, it looks really precise really cool even at his older age so that, that is pretty cool to see i thought so um i guess if you can deep dive in a little more deeper like what would make terry silver such a compelling villain in your mind um I really like that uh, he's good. He's really good at manipulating Daniel and, but not being obvious about it. He almost lets Daniel uh, be his own worst enemy, if that makes sense. Like he'll just kind of suggest things or say things. And then, you know, Daniel like gets all heightened and kind of, you know, freaks out and right you know rightfully so knowing his background with terry solar he, he you know they talk about that in the season how he kind of just n- never really recovered from you know kind of the uh how terry silver messed up his mind basically and like his way of thinking and um but terry silver is just really good at kind of just you know prodding a little bit but not like not like obvious that i'm um, it's hard to describe uh what makes him so compelling and good but it's just he does uh you know there's little subtleties in the way he says things and what he says and then then he kind of just steps back let daniel build things up in his mind or overthink things or you know like it's like uh, i gotta do something to stop him and you know him driving the force and terry so just kind of stands back to play you know victim or you know to daniel's attacks and when Terry, technically, yeah, he did stuff to Daniel in season five, you know, for the first part, but there's a lot of Daniel just, uh, you know, trying to get ahead of him, but going about it the wrong way. So, oh, yeah. It's like, I mean, when you get to, when you can like convince someone to almost like play against themselves, which is like yes, what Terry right. had done to Daniel. Yeah. Where, you know, like, I mean, like he had convinced Daniel in his mind that, oh, he was saying terrible things about his wife where he didn't say anything. But yeah. still got him to like <laughs> freak out about it. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the manipulation, like you talked about, I think uh, Silver's doing a great job with that on, on Kenny, one of the new Cobra Kai recruits. Yes. Uh, almost like the same way, I think. So it's actually been really compelling to see that. And I love his little like uh, evil, like symphony musical piece that goes along with him. I think it's yeah. a little more sinister too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, they did a, yeah, they did a great job with him. It was, it was, really, it was really good, so. Mm-hmm. And then uh, going back to uh, character return, so we get to see Chosen uh, return to the fold, yes. which is really cool. In fact, going back to 
discussing, you know, with the original trilogy, watching it all those years, I never would have thought that there'd ever be any type of like show or movie where we're going to get to see Chosen and Johnny together, like two of Daniel's. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And throwing Mike Barnes as well. So, yeah. (laughs) So uh, what do you think of the the character arc we're seeing with uh, Chosen uh, in uh, season five? Um, I really, I really like it. Um, Yeah. Yeah, you know, back watching part two, uh, like you said, it's just kind of like, oh yeah, you know, because part one and part two, they're, you know, they're kind of, they're totally separate movies besides, you know, uh, the two main characters. And I mean, it's been a while since I've seen part two. I can't even remember if Daniel's mom is in part two, maybe at the beginning. Um, but, uh, but yeah, the interactions with Chosen and Johnny are really great in this season. And it's just really cool to see Chosen and Daniel become really good friends. You know, like Daniel has him stay at his house. And it's one thing about Daniel that always like bugs me is like, like did, his, did he not tell his wife that he was letting Chosen stay there? <laughs> like, uh, I mean, his poor wife, I think she, she puts up with a lot with, with, with Daniel and um but it was nice for this season. She kind of got the, you know, got a better understanding of where he's coming from uh, with his past. But, um, but no, yeah, Chosen's, uh, he, his arc has been really sweet uh, with just him wanting to uh, kind of like make amends for what he did mm-hmm. uh, in part two and, and things like that and really grow as a person. And he's always, uh, you know, he's always wanting to be on uh on alert and you know always heightened and and things like that so doesn't doesn't want to ever let his guard down besides uh the one episode but oh absolutely yeah yeah in fact uh so the actor's name uh yuji yukumato if i'm saying it right i think i am uh yes. I think he did a really great job of portraying the character i mean because he's kind of got the the lovable kind of like funny character side of yes. him but then also the really scary like dark assassin about that's in him too yes so those scenes that he has when he's like confronting silver are really intense, but then he's also got that really playful kind of fun aspect to his character too. So I thought he did a great job with the character. And uh, I think, have you seen the movie better off dead? Better off dead. Uh, That's with uh, John Cusack. Yeah. Yeah. John Cusack. Yeah. Yeah. I think he plays one of the, there's a, there's two Japanese brothers. I always want to race John Cusack. And I think he plays one of them. Oh, I think you're right. Yeah. 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 He only speaks Howard Cosell from watching the worldwide of sports, but uh, anyways, that's it. Off topic, but he's just a, he's a really cool actor. So, yeah, very cool, very cool. And uh, like you mentioned, we get to see you know return from uh, Cobra Kai. I'm sorry, Karate Kid three characters. So Mike Barnes, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Sean Kanan, and uh, uh, Jessica Andrews, who's played by Ro- Robin Lively, who's I guess uh, Blake Lively's half sister. Oh, I think cool that. Yeah, yeah. In fact, there was a little bit of a deep cut too that I thought was kind of interesting. So in Karate Kid three, she mentions to Daniel that her ex-boyfriend from back home in Ohio had uh I guess like left her and went with a, a girl named uh, uh Elizabeth Ann Rooney but then they were able to patch things up and then obviously we find out that Jessica had put her cousin uh Amanda in touch with Daniel and that's how they got married yeah. but anyways Elizabeth Ann Rooney <laughs> is the, name of the character who picks the bar fight with Amanda and uh and Jessica in- oh, okay so it's kind of like a deep cut like a really minor character we never yeah. had before but Oh, yeah, it was the same name. I actually read it online that the, the like you mentioned, the writers and producers are taking such good care of the show 
like paying attention to the small details like that, where they can pick something random, obscure, and actually insert it into the new show, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, no, I didn't. I never realized that. That's interesting. Was that the first time that they mentioned of how Pern Daniel? Uh, yeah. So, but before season five, we had no idea that uh, okay. Jessica Andrews' character was related to Daniel now through marriage, okay. having Daniel having married her cousin. Okay. I was just like. I'm like, I wonder, I'm like, was that mentioned in a previous season? And I forgot, but uh, okay, that's good. So, so that, that is pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but go, going back to the story arcs then, so with the kids, I mean, obviously it's kind of cool that we get to see the uh, legacy characters, as it were, get their stories, you know, re-examined uh, or have their stories continue on. So Daniel and Johnny, but now we're introduced to, in Cobra Kai, their kids. So with the story arcs going on with uh, Sam and Robbie uh, and also Miguel, Tori, Hawk, and Kenny. Uh, were there anything that stood out for any of those, like the for the kids, as far as story arcs go? It maybe wasn't like a major, but I really liked Hawk's story arc a lot. Um, you know, he's coming off that win from uh, season four, and uh, you know, then he loses uh, to Kenny in the I don't know what you call it, the fight to to determine you know which dojo is going to go to. Sorry, my mind's slipping up what the name of the tournament is, but the, you know, the kind of bigger oh, tournament. Saki, Saki, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he ends up, you know, losing to him because, you know, Terry Silver taught Kenny, you know, some of his uh, legal, but kind of dirty moves. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, I just, I'm like, oh, I'm like, is Hawk going to get like, you know, his ego broken and, you know, like, uh, you know, kind of, it gonna really mess with him but he kind of just like he's just like i had a loss it happened and I, i'm moving on and i'm like oh that's really it's really good to see that you know not only that are uh you know the characters you know they had previous arcs in other seasons but that they're staying true to those arcs and learning from you know past season uh you know uh experiences and things like that so i was i was really like that uh story arc for him and also like i mentioned uh tori just kind of um you know her and crease are trying to do other things with silver but i'm really happy that she came through at the end and um you know kind of spilled the beans and you know decided for herself that you know she you know she's she can be a mean person and, you know, she's very defensive and she has reason to be because she has to be tough in order to survive the kind of life that she's had. But I'm glad that she is not too close minded to not realize when, uh, you know, things are worse than, uh, you know, if her self-worth is not worth risking uh, losing for, you know, Terry Silver and his dojo to make, you know, to make him happy. So. No, oh, absolutely. Those yeah. two, those two for the kids, I, I stood out to me uh, and I enjoyed the most. So. Oh, very cool. Yeah. I definitely agree with those arcs. I mean, you get to see, you know, Hawk uh, kind of like rediscover himself. We, we got to see a lot of that in season four when he got like, you know, ambushed by the Cobra Kai guys and they shaved off his Mohawk. Almost yeah. had to regain his confidence. Uh, uh, we didn't get to see much of Dimitri, but I really like his character. His character is really fun. Yes. But in season five, we barely saw him as much. No, yeah, that's that's true. I uh, I didn't really think about that, but yeah, I mean, he had a good previous story arc or uh, season arc in four. So, mm-hmm. 
And like you mentioned before about like, you know, if the kids actually just sat down and talked it out and, you know, hashing out their problems, we get to finally see a resolution. So it was cool that we did get to see a resolution for Miguel and Robbie, which was cool. Yes. Uh, I, I, I would say, though, I don't know if uh, Miguel's dad's really going to play that much of a factor. And maybe it might in the future, but I, I kind of felt a little distracting, I thought. That, but I guess they got to have to explain why he, like, give, give him something for him to do in the beginning of season five. Yeah, I thought that was maybe the weakest part of the season was, uh, and I'm, and I was trying to, I'm like, because sometimes you blink and you'll you'll miss something. Did they ever say that? Because I know he like, he never really found out 100. percent Was that his dad, or you know, like, I guess it finally eventually was. But he always like heard like, oh, someone, you know, was his name Hector, and you know, like he heard someone talking about him, like. Like, is that for sure your dad this time? You know, like uh, kind of a thing. And then also it just kind of, yeah, the episode ended and he, you know, decided to come home, you know, type of thing. Um, so I thought that was a little weak for Miguel, but uh, just for, you know, for his, like, you know, just like you said, kind of give him something to do after the, in the first episode. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that was my, that's probably my one complaint about it. It's just, it didn't seem relevant to the overall story, but maybe it have more, relevancy in you know the next season who knows so yeah that, i definitely agree with you on that in fact i mean i think it was kind of just implied that or if, if i remember correctly i think they mentioned something where or hector mentioned see that he had a relationship with a woman from ecuador so my guess is that that would have been like obviously uh, okay. uh a lot of uh key points that point, yeah. were pointing in the right direct right direction yeah, so so obviously Miguel made the connection, but as far as we know now, Hector still hasn't. So he doesn't know that the whole time, if in fact Miguel was his son. My guess is it probably is, but we'll see if it even gets revisited in the future. If they decide not to, I don't think I'll miss it. But yeah, uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm like that's fine. So yeah, and then just really quickly, since we haven't touched on her yet, just just on Sam. I mean, I love Sam's character. I think she's been really great. And then it's oh yeah, to see her. Uh, overcome the traumatic experience from the high school fight, which again, you know, season two may not be like my favorite season, but I love the finale. It was so yeah, cool. Oh. Everybody throw down at the high school. Uh, yeah. like that but, uh, finale was like a whirlwind of emotions. I was just like, at first I'm like, are there no adults at the school? You know, like there's this fight's going on for so long. And yeah. Like, and then like, one adult who does try to intercede, he gets his butt kicked too. So <laughs> that's true. And then yeah, Stingray doesn't help out with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but yeah, so obviously it was a really traumatic experience for Sam. We see yes. the aftermath in that in season three, and then you know, after season four, when she thought she had lost the tournament and he was feeling guilty about that, we got to see her, I guess, come to terms with that as well. So uh Sam's story arc, I think, throughout the whole show has been really good as well. Yeah, and I like in season five how she kind of finally, you know, I think she's just like always been like, I don't want to, you know, kind of focus on letting other people down her parents or like and uh i think it i'm pretty sure daniel says this to her he's like he's like no you're doing this for you like mm-hmm. don't i'm you know i'm fine if you don't fight you know only do it because it's something that you feel like you need to do and it's like i'm it's i'm glad that she's finally you know kind of realizing that that you know uh you know maybe that's something that all kids um so long since I was a teenager but uh you know kids kind of like struggle with like oh, I want to keep my parents happy make them proud you know it's like you're all you know it's like I gotta do one school because they need you know like you're always kind of 
thinking uh, maybe your parents do put expectations on you, but you're also putting expectations on yourself, you know, in the name of your parents. And it's just, uh, it can be a hard, hard thing to kind of find yourself uh, with that struggle. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything else with uh, the kids that you wanted to bring up or discuss? Um, oh, one thing I, I wanted to ask you, who do you think, okay. I know like at the end they had, the three guys to pick from who do you think is the best fighter of uh you know robbie miguel hawk oh that's a really great question i know it's all subjective because again it's just it's a story but you're right based on what we see uh to be honest i actually even though he's the only one that hasn't won an all valley championship i think robbie's actually the best of the three see i think i think miguel is I oh think- really oh okay cool yeah. <laughs> uh, i i love that i mean robbie has the most uh uh i think uh technique or learning from from mm-hmm. Yagido. so i think the best on def- on defense you know he's, he's learned oh, certain that's, that's from, uh, yeah uh from from daniel but then at the same time i mean you know he, he's picked up some good stuff from cobra kai as well uh, i know it, it's so it's so difficult to to really gauge for sure but I, I i liked in season four where we got to see how the the cobra kai fighters were evolving once they started learning miyagi do techniques yes, that was they, that was, they that was up really too cool. so but I mean, that's just a, that's just a, uh, I'm like, oh, who would, you know, who would you put your money on? Uh? <laughs> so, so I think having a great understanding of both techniques, I think would make you pretty formidable. And if that's the case, I think my, my opinion is that Robbie has the, the best from, from both worlds between okay. the three fighters, but uh, it, it could go either way. I mean, and like I said, I mean, Robbie's technically the only one who's not an all valley champ. So <laughs> yeah, that's true. And uh, that's, uh, yeah, that's all I had for about the kids. But. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Okay. So, so I wanted to ask you about deep fake technology. I mean, I know you mentioned you've, you've listened to previous episodes of the show and uh, I don't know if you had a chance to listen to my star Wars conversation with my brother, Fernando. I know my brother, Fernando's uh, really good friends with your brother, TJ, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, I think they're, I think they're about the same age if I remember, but yeah, I've, I've hung out with Fernando a couple times. Oh, cool. Uh, Cause uh, TJ, him and Jason Smith uh, were like really good friends. And uh, yeah, Fernando, I think was in the same ward as my brother, Danny, and maybe my brother, Ryan as well. Um, oh, very cool. Very cool. I've yeah. I've, yeah, I've, uh, I've hung out with Fernando a couple of times. Just, I mean, not one-on-one, but you know, yeah. just in the group. Um, well, yeah. So on the, the Star Wars scenes episodes, I got to ask him and some of my other friends about the, the defect technology to recreate Luke Skywalker for both the Mandalorian and for the book of Boba Fett. And we've gotten to see that it's been used several times in movies, sometimes to really great effect, maybe sometimes to not so great. Uh, going going back to Tron, I don't know if, if you yeah. mentioned you love Tron, uh, the original. I, mention, I think that was one of the first first times that was it was used was in Tron Legacy. Yeah, yeah. So I met, I mean, it was cool to see like a younger version of Jeff Jeff Bridges, but at the same time, it, it looked a little off to me. So, I mean, and it was early in its infancy, so I can understand that technology would be better today. So, mm-hmm. so we got to see in Cobra Kai, they used uh, the defect, defect technology to create a younger version of William Zapka as he would have looked as a teenager back in 1984 for the original Karate Kid for that sequence when he's chatting with, uh, with Priest. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering for you, did, did you like that sequence? And do you like the idea of defect technology? No, I don't. Okay. I think I'm okay. I'll just say I'm not a big fan of it because it always, you can always tell that it's not the person. I mean, I know it's like, even, you know, even if you showed someone that has never seen the original Karate Kid and, you know, it's a, 
I bet they would be like, why that person? I mean, you could just tell it's, you know, you know, kind of CG and uh, it just looks out of place. Um, so I'm not usually a big fan of it. Uh, I thought the one time it looked fairly, really good is in, I haven't watched Obi-Wan, the book of Boba Fett, but I did watch both seasons of Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. It was at the end of, uh, oh, spoiler alert for, I mean, this is all spoilers. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. um, is at the end of season two where Luke shows up, right? Yeah, I thought that looked really well. Uh, it was really well done. Mm-hmm. Um, that was like the and then um, was it Rogue One? They used uh, uh, Carrie Fisher and um, what's his uh, name? Peter Cushing. Yeah. Peter Cushing. Yeah, I thought Peter Cushing looked pretty. The both of those look pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, you can still tell, you know, still tell that you know something was done, but uh, and then also in Guardians Two with Ego, I thought that was pretty well done. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, for the young uh, Kurt Russell. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of it just because it kind of takes you out of it. Because now you're like, instead of listening or focusing on what they're talking about or the story, you're like, oh, that doesn't look good. You know, just like kind of just set your mind out of it for a second you, you know even if it or it could be a few seconds so i'm not usually the biggest fan of it but okay that, 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 that's fair that's understandable uh personally i i enjoy it but i do understand yeah. your point of view on it and uh there's a part of me that as soon as i saw it i mean i loved it thought it was really cool and also thinking you know it'd be really really cool if they could do something something like that for pat marita to somehow incorporate mr miyagi back oh, in yeah. the but at the same time i'm thinking you know for for fan service that would be awesome and great but uh, I don't know if they really need to. So I had to understand from like the practical uh, filmmaking aspect of it. Like, do they really need uh, a, a scene that we've never seen before? Because I think they have used uh, existing footage from the movies to uh, w- with Pat Morita to kind of convey like, a teaching. They wanted to uh, revisit a teaching that he, he had taught Daniel back in the day and how that would apply today to his current situation. Like learning a balance in your life, going back to the first season of Cobra Kai. Yeah. So um, I guess I'd be cool either way, but but I always love getting other opinions from people to think what they think of deep take deep fake technology. Because to be honest, I don't think it's going away. I think we're actually going to see probably see more of it. To be honest, yeah. If it gets better looking and less obvious, and also uh, with using people that are deceased, it's always you know you gotta. I hope they uh, you know talk to the family and get their oh yeah day yeah. and blessing with with everything. Um, Another spoiler, you saw Ghostbusters. Oh, I did, yeah. After okay. that, yeah. I assume so. Um, I really that was probably my favorite way it was done. I like that they didn't have uh Harold Ramis talk. Mm-hmm. That I think that helps because sometimes you get people that are, you know, or your you know, CG mouth moving can look off, or if you get someone who's trying to impersonate, you know, someone, it's like, you know, it's like I'm so familiar with this person's voice that you know, like I said before, it kind of just takes me, you know, takes me out of it for a second. But I really like that they didn't have him say anything and you just saw him, you know, being a Ghostbuster uh, silently. And, you know, that was, that movie was really touching. Uh, had me teared up. So, but. Oh, me too. I thought it was excellent. Uh, I personally never saw the, the female Ghostbuster one. It didn't really interest me that much. Maybe I'll someday go back and revisit it, but I'm grateful that they did the afterlife and that it looks like there's going to be additional movies too. Yeah, uh, I saw it. I would love an all a good all female cast Ghostbusters, but it was just 
it just seemed like they were all trying to out funny each other like mm. constantly and it's just uh-huh. like became kind of annoying uh and it, <laughs> it, it, it like it, they need someone to kind of pull the reins back on you know it's like you got these top female comedians and they're improvising you know off the rails and it's mm. like all right let's just bring it back a bit and you know like you know we know you we know you guys are funny uh but you know they're just trying to like one up each other the whole movie and it just you know mm-hmm. anyways yeah. that's that's a that's a i could ghostbusters is one of my top three favorite movies it always goes back and forth between three different movies so i mean if you ever do a ghostbusters uh podcast oh, I, I, I definitely want to and you're definitely my guy when i do okay <laughs> Very cool, man. Very cool. So, so going back to, to Cobra Kai, I, I want to talk about the finale now. So uh, it was actually kind of interesting when I first saw it. I actually thought for a second that, they, yeah, they actually killed Kreese. I mean, I thought that would have been a good ending for him to actually oh, just yeah. get stabbed to death and die like alone right there. So I don't know. I don't know if I really liked it so much that he would uh, uh, fake it in order to escape because now that they've, uh, you know, again, spoilers, they, they've, uh, they've actually found out the truth of what Terry Silver had done. And now he's being arrested and uh, Stingray's recanted on his initial statement. My yeah. guess is Crease uh, uh, was probably going to get released anyway. So I don't yeah. know. If he needs to <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think about that point, but yeah, you just need to be, you know, wait another day or two. And <laughs> yeah. So to me, it seems like in the, in the real world, I mean, obviously it's, it's a fictional TV show, so it's yeah. not the real world, but there would be ramifications. Uh, ramifications for him to have to deal with for escaping from prison. So oh, yeah, I'm sure I, don't, I don't know if they'll address that. And it just seems to me that for, for season six, Kreese would go back to being the big villain and, and he'll probably maybe uh, realign with, uh, I forget her name, but like the granddaughter of their, their sensei, the uh, Kim Soo Young. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so the, yeah. the actress who was playing her, I, my guess is that, I mean, she, probably doesn't really care so much of who she's working with as long as her family gets their legacy. So yes. that's what I probably would suspect. So Ooh. I guess I just wanted to ask your opinion. Well, how was your opinion on how the show ended? And uh, where do you think we might go into season six and beyond? Um, I really liked the ending. I liked, uh, you know, I liked everyone. I just, you know, it's like you, they all start off as like, you know, the I'm talking about the kids around, but they all start off as kind of, enemies and you know some were friends and then they you know kind of switch sides and the couple seasons leading up and you know with Robbie going to Cobra Kai then uh you know coming to his senses so I, I love seeing them all work together mm-hmm. and speaking of which you know the the whole uh, protect the egg uh analogy or scenario I like that was cool seeing that come back and you know like when I'm watching this I don't think I'm like oh that'd be cool you know like I wonder if they'll use that again I just kind of like oh that's just one of his teaching techniques that's you know that's cool and i kind of forget about it and so it was nice to see that circled back so i like seeing all the kids uh you know at least uh and i was i don't know about kenny i think he's still gonna it's gonna take a while for him to come back but i like them all working together i liked that daniel had a great arc and that he was able to kind of work through his terry silver issues and things like that um and uh, it was really cool when Johnny kind of like got his second breath from thinking about his, you know, current family and future family. Um, that was, you know, that was really cool to see. I like that Terry Silver got his, you know, I I love him as a villain, but, you know, you always like to see your villains kind of get theirs in the end yeah. um, at some point. So uh, it was really cool with that. And um, I'm glad, you know, 
I'm glad we got we get more of Chosen. So um, I, that they, I know that was a little ambiguous, but um, I was I'm like, they can't kill off Chosen. I mean, he's he's too likable, and I want to see him more of him and Johnny because it's just a interesting duo that you you know wouldn't expect. So, oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. But as, so far, as, for, but as far as for season six, um, I really like your point about Crease working with um. Yeah, the guy's granddaughter, I, I can't remember yeah. her name, and I would butcher it even if I did remember it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that'd be, uh, I didn't think about that at the time of watching, but that would be really cool. Um, yeah, I'm trying to, uh, my wife, she's like, I'm just, I'm just waiting for Hillary Swank to come into the next season, so <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, you never know. So, I mean, you know, they could, you know, because I think it was the next Karate Kid, was, was that one? I don't even know if that's in the same. I mean, I know Miyagi did teach her. I never saw the movie, but I know Miyagi did teach her. So, and you never know, they that could be a possibility. We could see Hillary, Hillary Swank in the next season or two seasons. I don't, did they say how long they're renewed for or anything like that? Have you? Uh, I think, uh, well, what I've read is that the, the writers and producers have ideas and they're like, they're working on season six. I don't think it's been officially picked up on by Netflix okay. yet, but considering the massive uh, ratings it did, it would be like a no brainer. Yes. Pick up season yeah. six for sure. Uh, but like you mentioned, yeah, it would be really cool to see Hillary Swank return. Uh, she's a much bigger star than when she initially did the karate, next Karate Kid role. Yeah. Uh, I only actually just recently watched it because I, was, I had heard that, yes, technically it is taking place in the same universe, even though they haven't mentioned uh, Julie, her character's name yet. But uh, but yeah, Miyagi did teach her. And in, yeah. in that movie, uh, Daniel's, I think, name dropped by two or three times. So, oh, okay. yeah, so yeah, it's in the same universe. So that would be really cool to see that. And uh, there, there was actually like a fan YouTube channel that I watched called Cobra Kai Theory where the guy who does the channel, he was theorizing that Daniel and Julie would have probably already met before at Miyagi's funeral. So I think they could potentially address that. And if they need someone to actually fight uh, against uh, the, the guy's granddaughter, you know, not, the kids probably couldn't take the role. We would probably need an adult woman to do it. So oh, yeah. an obvious choice. I also, uh, so when my wife mentioned that, I had the idea, I'm like, well, what if, uh, you know, she was like jealous that Miyagi, prefer, you know, kind of maybe like Miyagi kind of, ditched julie and she's jealous of you know miyagi and daniel's relationship that they had you know through the years past and maybe she wants revenge on daniel for you know something related to that uh, who knows it, it could be you know seasons but yeah i'll probably focus on crease i'm guessing most likely and mm-hmm. uh yeah crease should, should just waited a few more days <laughs> <laughs> Oh, very cool, man. Very cool. So what, one last question that I had, and of course, if anything else you wanted to bring up, please feel free. But uh, uh, some of the interviews, press interviews that I've seen for both uh, Ralph Macchio and William Zabka, where they've actually suggested that they think there could be a potential Cobra Kai uh, universe launch. So like, you know, interconnecting uh, properties, you know, additional shows or even movies if they, if they go that route. So it would be kind of interesting, I feel. But at the same time, we look at other studios who have tried it uh, tried, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe route and have, like, not succeeded. Like, you know, yeah. a good example would be uh, Tom Cruise and the Universal mo- Monster Movie franchise, which kind of, like, bombed after The Mummy. So, yeah. I guess what I would uh, ask you is, do you like that idea if they could potentially get that off the ground where maybe we see spinoff shows for certain characters or maybe even revisit some of the events of the past? Like, maybe, like, the founding of uh, uh, Miyagi-Do Karate. That's, that is interesting. I haven't... 
I never really thought about that. Um, yeah, as far as having like it be on the scale of you know Marvel, I don't. I really think Marvel had lightning in a bottle with the cast that they had um, mm-hmm. and the timing. You know, just everyone was like perfect for their roles. Robert Downey Jr. and uh, you know Chris Evans and I, it's gonna, I don't know if they'll be able to duplicate that. Um, and as far as I don't know if Cobra Kai, you know, slash Karate Kid has, I don't know if it has as much to pull from as Marvel and if it has a big a fan base to have that, you know, kind of lift off the ground and gain wings. Um, am I opposed to it? No. Uh, I think it'd be cool to have a spinoff series, you know, maybe about Hawk or, you know, like, Hawk and Dimitri go to college or something, you know, and being mm-hmm. roommates, I think that'd be cool. Or, uh, yeah, maybe the founding of Miyagi-Do. I mean, Ralph Macho always looks like he's, you know, about 35 to 40. <laughs> so the guy, the guy drinks some magical elixir to look like he doesn't look 60. So, mm-hmm. and uh, I was, yeah, and I didn't, I told my wife the other day, I was like, you know that Terry Silver is one year younger than Ralph Macchio, and she's like, he is <laughs> like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, Ralph Macchio just always looks twenty to thirty years younger than he is. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, spinoff series. I think I think that is doable, and and that would be cool to kind of see. Uh, and maybe, I mean, you'd have, I mean, they already have the actors that played him. You could have a uh, Terry Silver and you know Young Crease and you know, the young actors play them maybe starting Cobra Kai and, you know, you could have like a young, did they have a young Johnny Lawrence? I think they did. They did. Yeah. So they had like a really young, like, I think like a five-year-old Johnny Lawrence and then okay. like a preteen, I want to say like 11 or 12 year old. So the yeah. one who, who first finds Cobra Kai. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so maybe you could, you could do them like, you know, kind of establishing Cobra Kai and, or things like that, you know, first spinoff. Uh, yeah, you have those actors, and you know they're fairly young, and they're not, you know they sh- they're not going to show too much age, you know, mm-hmm. within the next you know two to five years. But but uh, yeah, that'd be, that'd be ambitious, like you said. You know, the, the, they tried to do the monster universe uh, with Tom Cruise, and it totally failed, and they scrapped that. So, but I think they could do you know spinoff series. Oh, absolutely, man! Very cool. Very cool. Well, that was all the questions I had for you tonight. Was there anything else you wanted to bring up or discuss, whether it's related to Cobra Kai, Karate Kid, or even any other like uh, uh, thing that interests you that you'd want to just chat about? Um, I always like to ask people, you know, I, I know you got two kids and job and, and I don't have kids, but so I have more time. But I, I was just curious if you if you're playing anything, you know, playing any video, video games right now. Oh, I absolutely would love to talk about that with you. In fact, we can even do a whole podcast just about that. But uh, it, it's tough to find time. I mean, I'm also in the midst of grad school. So like, uh, oh, she's but, yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I do have a downtime here and there, which is really cool. So the, the most recent thing I just picked up was the the Cowabunga collection for Teenage Mutant oh. Ninja Turtles, which has so been a blast. Yeah, so uh, yeah. So I've been playing uh, uh, for, for PlayStation 4. Uh, the, which one did I play last? Uh, not Turtles in Time, the one, uh, the, the, oh, I'm sorry, the, yeah, the NES version of the arcade game, which was really, really fun. Okay, yeah, Turtles 2. I played, uh, yeah, Turtles 2, yeah. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to playing them all. It's actually really been the only one I've played so far, but I want to try and, like, when I get more time to play all of them. 
Okay. Yeah, I'm uh, making my way through part one at the moment. So, and that that game's tough, but it, it, I'm glad that there's safe, uh, safe states. You know, so, uh, you know, I'm not eight years old anymore. I'm not trying to beat it in one sitting. You know, I yeah. Can, <laughs> it's like when I'm 36, I have you know, you have less time, and I don't have the patience to kind of restart. I'm like, I just like to save where I am, and then, you know, try to get further in the game. But yeah, yeah. Uh, did you play? the shredder's revenge um i haven't I haven't played that but that one looks really it's cool so it's good i want to try and pick that one up really okay good. Awesome. i highly, highly re- recommend that so okay very cool yeah definitely we'll try and uh pick that one up for sure yeah. cool well if there's nothing else for tonight i think we can go ahead and wrap up but uh but nathan thank you so much for joining me and again i no problem considering how much we have in common it would be a no-brainer for me to have you back on for multiple times just to talk about any random thing we want to talk about i think it'd be really fun and cool Great. Uh, yeah. Uh, just, it's just me and my wife here. And so I, I got time. Uh, you know, it's sometimes it's hard to get people on for, you know, like, like with you, you got grad school work, two kids, uh, you know, wife and also you got to give time for, but, uh, yeah, time is something I got. So. Oh, always absolutely. Happy, awesome. Always happy to be on if you need me for, as long as it's something, you know, if it's, something i'm passionate about and like i can talk for hours about so oh perfect yeah don't worry i'm not going to have you on for talking about like nfl or something like that so <laughs> <laughs> that's fine uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, I know i know a lot more about nfl than i mean not uh players or teams or stuff but i know yeah. the game well enough that you know i can i can follow along so okay very cool well, again, thank you, Nathan, for joining me tonight. This has been really great. And thank you to all the listeners. And you've been listening to the Casting for Fun podcast. Thanks again, everybody. Bye.